Phil Connolly, welcome to the show, man. How are we getting on? Thank you very much for having me, Shane. It is very good to be here, and I am feeling fantastic this morning. That is good. We're we're up early. We're full of energy. It's a, it's a nice time. Say the least. How, how are you coping with the cold? I know this probably won't go out for a few weeks, but it is freezing at the moment. Yeah, it's pretty cold. I've got three layers on. I've got a good tick t-shirt on me. I've got an under layer zippy, and I've got my old training zippy on as well. So yeah, it is Baltic. <laughs> Yeah, man, geez, I, I'm even, it's, it's desperate times enough that I'm repping the very warm work hoodie that I'm, I'm enthusiastically <laughs> wearing. I always feel like a bit of a, a bit of a wanker, you know, because I, like, especially working remotely, I, I sit down during work and I could do, you know, 10 video calls in a day and everyone's like, oh, you're wearing, you're wearing your work gear then, are you? I was like, yeah, yeah, I just, I love my job so much that I, I wear the company clothes all the time. It's, yeah. uh, it's one of those, it's a good hoodie though. So, I mean, especially at times like this, it's, it's badly needed. Like even like yesterday was like probably one of the coldest days and our boiler went middle of the day. So we had no heating for, I'd say, a good 16 hours. I, I thought we were all gone. I was like yeah. myself and herself were sitting there, just hot water bottles, just going, yeah, it's fine. We'll get it fixed. Now we got it sorted, thank God, last night. But it was uh, it was dodgy territory. I thought if we have to go into now, like if it actually snows on Thursday and we're into this, I'll be goosed. So thank God. Yeah, uh, I got. A, I, I watched a very interesting question on Instagram there recently, and it said, "Would you rather be too hot or too cold?" So that's a question for you there, straight off the bat. But you know, I actually I debate this with people all the time. I'm a guy who prefers to be too cold, and it, it's based on the fact that it when you're cold you can heat up, but when you hit a level of being too warm, to be able to cool yourself down outside of jumping in a cold swimming pool is very fucking difficult to do. And when you're a guy as big as me, it's even worse. It's like, I, I mean, Jesus, no, I couldn't do it. What about you? Oh, lad, I'm, I'm on the same boat. It's, uh, yeah, I'd rather be too cold because you can put on the layers. You can put on the heating when you're too hot. Yeah. There's, there's only so much you can remove. <laughs> you know, there's only so much you can do to cool down. So, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Well, look, man, um, I suppose just a starting point. It's, it's funny, like with these things, I either have people who I, I know really well on or I have complete strangers. And for you, complete stranger, messaged on Instagram a few times. You're one of those gents who shares out my podcast and I have great appreciation for it. So talk to me about yourself. For, for those who wouldn't know you, give us a quick introduction. Yeah, like I've, I, I, and again, thanks very much for having me on, and and geez, thanks you, thank you for very, thank you very much for giving me a shot to, to being on and 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 speaking on this because I like I I listen to a good few of your podcast episodes and some of the guests you've have, had on have been fantastic, and even the like the most recent two, Josh Tanyan and and Connor O'Keefe, like following on from those absolute bangers, you know. Um, so geez, yeah, it's, it's good to be on. Thank you very much for having me. Um, yeah, my own name is Philip Connolly, I suppose, and. How would you keep this short and sweet? I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been in the industry now a good few years. Um, qualified personal trainer. I am the head coach and manager in EMF Lifting and Laughing in Blarney. And I am owner and coach of Beyond Strength and Fitness. Um, I have a passion for helping people get stronger, get healthier, get happier, um, in all aspects of life, hopefully. Um, and the more people I reach with that message, the better. 
that is my brief introduction to me. <laughs> no, that, that's actually more brief than a lot of people keep. So I appreciate that. I mean, clear, concise to the point. If you were selling me something, I'd be buying it. So hands down, <laughs> great stuff, man. Uh, now, look, I suppose I like to keep th- these things casual enough. Uh, but one of the things I'm always curious with people, especially someone with, I suppose, such an enthusiasm for training and nutrition in the gym is talk to me a little bit about your sporting background. I mean, as a kid growing up, were you mad into sport or is this something you discovered more in, in a later adult life? No, geez. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've growing up for me, I come from a family of, of kind of gah heads and, and sporting people. So like modern father, they played sport all their lives. My relatives, they all played sport. Um, so I definitely do come from a sporting background. Like I played them all when I was younger, hurling, football, soccer. I even dabbled in American football for a time. Um, when I got the chance, I tried to play basketball and rugby for a bit. They weren't my, uh, exactly my interest as much as soccer, hurling and football would have been. But um, yeah, man, just I, I would have always played sport. Um, and I, 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 I suppose coming out of my childhood, it was always more soccer, uh, excuse me, um, hurling and football down in Balling College JA. And I kind of transitioned away from that for, for different reasons and kind of I, I found a love for playing soccer um, and I played that through my teens and up until I was about, I suppose, 19 or 20 and I ended up getting an injury and it's one of the things I, I regret not doing is going back um, when I was feeling a little bit better or not even putting as much work into getting back sooner. I kind of just dropped off and never went back and that's one thing I wish I did more of us played stayed in the sport longer if you will um yeah. so yeah i i've definitely and i i've definitely have a background in sport that's for sure you know it's funny one with that like what, what you said about kind of not going back or not giving it the chance you know i, I was the very same at rugby I, I played rugby when i was six all the way up till i was about 17 and i barreled out at 17 just because i felt like i was going to do a shit leaving cert and i was like oh life's more important getting into college is more important and like, I'm just going to call it spade a spade. I was, I was sick of preseason. I, I was facing into a preseason in rugby where I'd had a summer drinking, you know, where you're just, you're, you're an older teen and you spend your, your evenings sitting down drinking cans with the lads and the fitness was at all time zero. And I remember just thinking, nah, this is the year I'm not going back. And I didn't go back. And I remember I gave it one bash in college where I tried to just do like J3 with UCC of Grant. But the fitness, once again, wasn't there. I couldn't I couldn't get back up. And I, I barreled out after, I'd say, maybe eight or nine weeks. And that's one regret I have is like not actually, because I, I literally live and breed rugby. I love it. Like Six Nations is on at the moment. And I'm, although the performance was, you know, horrendous at the weekend, to say the least. But I'm, I'm living like just the ultimate life when I could sit down for a weekend and watch the rugby. To say I regret not be getting myself to a point of fitness where I could go back, where I could train, where I could just be part of that team environment again, it's a very hard thing to not, or sorry, it's a very hard thing to recreate in any other setting. And it, it's always a bit gutting. So like from your perspective, like moving into stuff like weight training and along those lines, like were you able to find anything to reflect that team environment or did you just have to adapt to the idea of, look, I train on my own, it's for personal goals and this is how we do it? Yeah, like it, I, I don't think there will ever be anything 
that would replace the the sort of uh, the community and the camaraderie of playing a team sport unless you go back into playing a team sport you know uh, yeah. whether that be um, a full-on soccer hurling a football of the full side or if you're just playing five a side with the lads it's that's something I did as well I transitioned into that a little bit for for a time um, and like, geez, that, that's a great alternative to not playing full full time sport. You know, just five aside once a week, once every two weeks, it could be a great thing. But uh, yeah, like I, I started weightlifting uh, or getting into the gym when I was fifteen, so that's like I'm nearly nearly thirty now. I just turned twenty nine, um, so I've been training quite a long time. But I like it was it, it helped my sport when I was that age, from fifteen up to. Uh, 18, 19, 20, you know, and geez, thinking back, some of the stuff I was doing back then, <laughs> maybe it was more of a hindrance than a help, but, uh, it, it, you know, it gave me another avenue to help me get stronger, um, another avenue to keep me busy and not gallivanting. Um, and then, like, when when soccer and, and other sport died off, um, it was the only avenue that kept me busy, kept me fit, kept me strong, kept me happy. Um, for me, the gym is is an escape. It's a it's a it's a way of dealing with uh, stress uh, from daily life, from work, from 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 relationships, from anything else, you know. Um, and I only started realizing that when when I started kind of delving into the coaching aspect of it. Um, and the training of people and, and meeting people from different walks of life. Like I knew and I understood the physical benefits of strength training, working out in the gym, doing exercise and looking after yourself. But like, as I said, I didn't realize the mental support and uh, uh, fortifying that that can give you. It is, it's really amazing what it can do. And yeah, I like to answer your question, I don't think there is something that can replace it, but it's a damn, it's a damn good alternative to uh, to the to playing playing a sport, we'll call it. Yeah, man, definitely. I mean, look, it's it's one of those things you can, I suppose, take through no matter what point of your life you're in, whether you're up the walls at work or, you know, whether you have a bit of downtime. Like I remember, like times where the gym has probably been the biggest help to me is when I'm at my busiest, or you know, there's times where I was like, I remember, probably it was it was maybe nearly a year and a half ago at this stage but I, I barreled out of a job I just absolutely hated it and I just had to pack it in and I remember I just had so much downtime and like downtime is probably one of the most dangerous things in terms of like your diet and in terms of your mental health keeping busy is so important and for me at that time just to be able to go training go swimming go walking and just have an outlet like I don't think people realize that power and I, I feel like this year has been the year like you know look it's one of those things i i friggin' hate bringing up but it's kind of hard to escape is you know look we're, we're in the middle of a pandemic still covid still very much part of our lives but the one thing i'd say and from speaking to people in all walks of life training has been one of the biggest most beneficial outlets this year and i thank god for it i mean we, we don't quite have gyms all the time but geez even just the home sessions it, it makes a big difference yeah, I, I I totally agree. Um, it, it it has been super tough, and I think it is uh, like obviously being in the industry and 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 coaching people throughout no lockdown, lockdown, no lockdown, lockdown, and going through the different levels um, and different stages of the lockdowns has been very interesting. And I remember back in the first lockdown that we did, 
like we weren't too sure if we were going to close or not and then it, it was like I remember I can't remember the exact date but I remember it was a Sunday night and we were ready to open Monday morning um, for this normal PT and whatever and then we got a text from uh, Owen the, the, the boss and he was like right we're going online and we were just like Jesus what are we going to do and it it was a, like a testament to the declines that we have and to own and the rest of the team because we literally created an online service overnight like sunday night to monday morning or monday evening is when our is when our um uh, coaching slots opened up and for the for the amount of people that tried it of course we lost clients you know there's lots of uncertainty there you know they're paying for to see you in person but then they're going online and so we did lose some and that's no fault of their own. Like, you know, they, they do what they think is best for them, but the amount of people that hung around and tried it was fantastic. And that only increased as we went through, even through lockdown one, we got more people back as we came back, more people came back when we went into lockdown number two, more people hung around and the same then for the most recent lockdown, I, like we lost very little clients this time around um, we had to alter the service a little bit um, to try and suit everybody and, and to keep things interesting, add in variety and whatnot. Um, but yeah, like I, I think people are a little bit more, um, a little bit more ready uh, to tackle it. And I know, like, I think they understand a little bit better how important looking after themselves during times like this is, like even more so during times like this is, um, and yeah, like, especially for the people who are out of work, giving them an avenue and giving them something to do is giving them a place to go, people to see, uh, you know, whether I know they're only going into their bedroom or their, or their front room or whatever, but like just seeing other members in the sessions and um, just having a chat with the coach and whatnot could like, that could be the highlight of their day, you know? Yeah, it's a big part of it, man. I mean, look, I feel like we all crave that human contact and no matter what your situation, you're probably not seeing half the amount of people you would usually be seeing. And to be able to get those avenues, the community aspect, the training, and like just even to get the endorphins going with a training session, it's something like I feel like throughout the different lockdowns, obviously, I think we're on it's our third one now at this stage there, thereabouts, kind of lose track. Yeah. But um, I definitely went through ups and downs with training where there was times where I just did not want to do it. You know, there's, there's something about jumping around your front room, feeling like a bit of a bit of a dope that you're it's it's hard to get around. But this, this time around, I think the difference is I was mentally prepared to know I had to do it. Since the start of this last year, I picked up a few little bits of equipment, nothing major. You don't need anything like it's too specific. You, you can do a lot of body weight stuff. But I suppose having the attitude of realizing, okay, this is an avenue that's going to help you out on the evening you're cracking up. That's that's when you could do a training session, you know, on the morning that you just have a bit of energy and you just want to let it go. Once again, training session is perfect. And I feel like it's definitely that avenue that can break up a day massively. Like, I mean, for yourself, just being able to do a training session, like how's your situation in terms of like your own training then like has it just been all go the whole way through this or did you kind of go through any lulls where you're like you know what i'm sick shit of lockdown and i'm sick of shit of just being i suppose stuck online not getting to see your clients in person yeah man it, it, again it's it, it's almost multifaceted a little bit like I, I i'm a coach and i know obviously when i want to say all the information but i don't know all the information but you get my drift. I have a, a, a vast knowledge on the areas of training and nutrition and health and whatnot. Yeah. And even I 
struggle with uh, the routine and, and training at home and sometimes exercise selection or, you know, quote unquote, motivation, dedication and habits to do it. Um, like, and so again, like going off that, I, 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 I want to say a big shout out to anybody that is continuing to do some form of training at home or walking or exercise or looking after themselves multiple times a week, like well done, pat yourself in the back because it is not easy. Absolutely not easy. And in my own situation, when we, in the first lockdown, we like, I couldn't make it to the gym at all. Um, so again, all of my training was at home. I, all I have is a six kg kettlebell. I have a couple of resistance bands and I have a pull-up bar. I've, I've also press up hands as well. So lots of body weight stuff. I actually, have, I, I went away and bought a set of ring rows. If anybody hasn't bought a TRX or a set of rings, um, get on it. <laughs> it is, it adds so much diversity to your training at home. I highly recommend it. So definitely get on it. Um, but again, that like I was trying to do it three times a week. And, and again, that's tough to do. It's not a nice environment to train at home. I, and if you are training at home, I recommend picking a spot, like picking your workout zone. That is your gym. Um, you can try different areas and find one that suits you best. But um, to keep going, um, I started trying to run a little bit uh, in lockdown one, like everybody else did, it seemed. Um, and I, like I started chatting with other coaches and about running and things like that and 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 trying to get more information about running. And, and I did it for a while. And oh, geez, I remember remember my first run <laughs> and keep in mind i i like i never run i i don't often do enough cardio um hands up to that um but running was something i didn't really ever enjoy in the first run i did i decided to do a 5k <laughs> oh my god i was a state even like halfway through i felt like packing it in feet were blistered legs were heavy back was sore the whole shebang so and again I know you're not supposed to do that and I still did it. It's a, it's a tough one. So again, big, like recommend, if anybody's decided to start running, start slowly, please <laughs> learn from my mistakes. But um, yeah, I, I kept that going for a little bit. Um, I did a good few 5Ks, um, short runs and longer runs in between. Got some information from some other coaches. Did a live with a great coach from um, Australia, uh, Mike, did mental health movement. Check him out if you, if you get the chance. Um, did a live with him, answered a few questions. It was brilliant information. Um, but again, I don't have the passion for running uh, or even, geez, I, I, like, I, I don't even like running as, as much as I do walking. I prefer walking than I do running. Um but I don't, I just don't have that same passion as I do for lifting and and resistance training or strength training. So I prefer to do that. So yeah, I, I went back into the normal training at home and did my three sessions a week. And I am now in a very fortunate position where I can train in the gym at work because I can do my coaching uh, online in the uh, EMF facility. And when I'm finished my online sessions, I can do my uh, resistance training, not to rub that in, any, in anybody's faces, but it is beautiful to be able to train in the gym. Uh, and again, I, I just want to say well done to anybody training at home because I understand how hard it is. And if you are struggling with it, you know, ask your coach, is there things you can do? If you don't have a coach, get one. Um, if, but if you, if you are struggling, ask, just ask your coach about helps, uh, help or uh, changes in programming, exercise variety, 
what you can do different uh, just to help keep things interesting and help you stay on track and, and stay committed to looking after yourself? That was a long-winded yeah. one. <laughs> no, no. All relevant, all relevant. I, I do think that is huge, huge important fashion. To be honest, I'm very jealous you get to train in the gym. Like, I, I miss it so much. Even to be honest, like, with the current situation, I, I was a bit hesitant to go back to, like, my my standard gym. I, I just went one-to-one PT, which I hadn't done in years. But it was just down to the fact of, look, no one else in there with me. I was able to go in to my trainer uh, have a training session myself and herself decided to do a couple of sessions which is something I actually I sh- I without without doubt said for years I'm never doing it I don't want to train with you and she'd always be like oh it's not gonna be that bad and I said no because I'm very competitive and I was like I don't want to be competing with you now and then you're gonna absolutely just kill me in a training session and I'm gonna look like a fool and so we we did it this time around for that you know I suppose from the summer onwards and what a difference it made just to be able to go out and do two gym sessions a week. And especially like I'm working from home with the past year. So any excuse to leave the house, I just jump at what, no matter what it is, whether it's doing the shopping, whether it's just getting out for a walk or like training in the gym, it's just, it's so good to be able to do it. And God say, I miss just being able to get into a proper gym and do a session to be an understatement. But look, training from home is, is definitely something different, but I feel like if, if you get yourself in the mindset for it, it can be still really positive. Um, now, what would you say to people in terms of hitting their goals at, at a time like this? You know, sometimes I think there's a right and a wrong time to really push yourself to to hit a certain fitness goal. And I feel like at the moment, depending on someone's mindset, putting themselves under that pressure might not be as beneficial, especially when you don't have all the tools there to maybe hit, you know, what you usually would be able to do with a gym. So just talk to me about that side of things. Do you have clients who are still really pushing to hit their goals or do you have people who are kind of just trying to maintain? Um, I like I could answer that question five different ways, <laughs> and if yeah. you ask me five different times, I could give you five more answers. It's a hard one to see because, like, with these types of question, like context is a big thing. So individual differences will come down to every question that you ask in regards to. Uh, I suppose health or nutrition or resistance training or whatever so <clears throat> yes is the answer and no is the answer um, yeah. it depends on the person so some people are some people have great setups at home some people have poor setups at home some people have uh, a lot of stress in their lives at the moment some people have a little bit of stress in their lives at the moment if you have a goal you want to achieve fantastic I will help you get there or we will help you get there. We can help provide a framework and a plan and structure and help you stay uh, adhered and committed to getting the goal. If you don't have a goal, that's absolutely fine. I I know some people who have a goal not to have a goal. They don't want a goal. So like it is, it it really depends on the person. If you have a goal in mind and, 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 the big thing with goals is that it can be anything like it can be the smallest to the biggest goal the big thing with goals is that it just like it needs to mean a lot to you it like you have to want the goal if you don't want it if you kind of want to do it if you saw someone doing it you said oh that might be cool like you're like you have having hope you're starting you're setting yourself setting yourself up for failure so what i would say is if you don't have a goal, it's fine. But if you do have a goal, make sure it means a lot to you and make sure you want to achieve it. <clears throat> and it kind of that like that 
question leads into kind of a question I had from someone during the week. And it was about um, kind of about habit formation, which is kind of in, entailed into goal setting and goal achieving. And, and this is this will probably get a bit deep because there's, there's, there's multiple different layers to this as well. <clears throat> so like ad- identify the goal first. And again, as I said, make sure it means a lot to you. Do your best to try and keep it simple. There's different stages to habit formation. So you have the identifying goal is obviously going to be your first stage and make sure it means a lot to you. Again, I'll I'll reiterate that. You then need to create a a plan around achieving that goal. And and I'm going to give you an example to make this a little bit easier to understand. So my goal is to be healthier in 2021. Now that's a very umbrella term, but it is a goal in the end of the day. And it's not very specific, but it is a goal. I just want to be healthier. I want to be happier. I want to feel better, we'll say. So one of the things that I can adopt in in order to help me achieve that goal of being healthier is drink more water. Keep it simple. So my goal is to be healthier. My plan is to drink more water to help me do that. The next part of that stage in habit formation is um, strategy and kind of action a little bit. They kind of go hand in hand. So my goal is to be healthier. My plan is to drink more water. My strategy to try and achieve that plan or to work that plan is to have a bottle of water with me at all times. If the bottle is there, I will drink it. If your goal means a lot to you, you know you have to drink the water. So now I'm going to action it. Drink the goddamn water, (laughs) you know. So there's different stages to it. Have a plan for your goal. Have a strategy for uh, working that plan, we'll call it. And then make sure you bloody action it. I had a very interesting conversation with the clients. And I made a video on it uh, for for our group about... um, is knowledge power and our finding from that conversation was knowledge is not power you know you get that you know often people say knowledge is power and we say that it's not we say action is power and again to give you an example of that we'll take mary down the road right or your neighbor whoever it is mary we'll call her mary i don't know i like the word mary uh, the name mary so mary wants to lose weight right or no i want to lose weight let's reverse it i want to lose weight and I'll go over to ask Mary. Mary has no degree in nutrition or strength training or whatever. I'll go over to ask Mary, how do I lose weight? I guarantee Mary will give me some decent information about how to lose weight. Like we kind of all know how to do it. Kind of. There's, there's going to be, you know, the black and white side where people will be so far wrong and so far right and whatever. There'll be in between and whatnot, but there'll be decent information in there. So I will have that information, but that information will only work if I action that information. So again, knowledge in knowing that or knowing how to lose weight um, is almost irrelevant. You have to action the knowledge that you have. So knowledge is not power. Action is power. And that comes back to, or we could tie in then and go deeper again into behavior change like that's a deep one. And again, I talked, I talked to clients and we made a video on this recently enough as well. 
Like these all tie in together behavior change, habit formation, goal setting, whether you have one or not, it doesn't matter. All these things come into play. And again, going through different stages of behavior change, you know, we, we have uh, pre-contemplation, contemplation where we often get stuck in, you know, we think and we talk about an idea and we stay in the thinking stages, you know, geez, it'd be great to do that. I'd love to do this. I must do that now. I must start Monday. And that goes into your preparation. So, so your pre-contemplation, your contemplation into your preparation, you're thinking about this idea and you're formulating plans and you, you keep doing it and it's weeks and it's days and it's months, it's whatever. And before you know it, you're still in pre-contemplation, contemplation and formation. So it's, it's really important to get out of those stages as soon as possible. What I mean by that is to stop talking about it and start bloody doing it. So get out of your preparation and your thinking and your contemplation about your ideas and your goals and start actioning the bloody things. Start taking steps as small as they may be. Go through your habit formation that we've been talking about. Anything that you can do to progress you down that line of developing a new habit, achieving your goal one step at a time. As I said, the steps could be as small as drinking more water if your goal is to be a little bit healthier. Once you're in that action stage, you know you're heading in the right direction and it's important then to maintain it. And then again, to tie back in maintenance, it's it's the habit formation. You know, don't rely on those things like motivation. And we can talk a little bit more about that in a minute, but habits are what keep us on track. Good surroundings and environment, good social circles keep us on track and whatnot. But the actioning and the maintenance and consistency phase of the behavior change is the most important and don't get me wrong, I've been there, you've probably been there, everybody has been there. We will relapse at points in our lives. Things just come up, you know, sickness, uh, relationships, work stresses, you know, a spanner will get thrown in the works at some stage and will throw you off. So, like, it is, I, I don't want you to worry about relapsing or falling off the wagon, we'll call it. But the most important bit is not to get caught up in it, not to stay in that stage, not to give up. If that goal means a lot to you, you need to get back on track. So you need to go back around the circle again, get straight through your pla- your uh, pre-contemplation, contemplation and your planning or preparation. Get out of that stage and get into action as soon as you bloody can. And that, I, like, I'm saying that with passion because it means a lot. And I want you to understand the significance of that. Um, action is the most important thing and, and that goes that goes with everything all walks of life like you look at people who are successful they're not lucky they haven't you know they haven't well some maybe some people are you know luck is, a, is an important part of there's a few lot of winners out there who'd say otherwise but yeah <laughs> I, I agree for the most part yeah absolutely like and like, i suppose it, that depends on what success means to you it's different for everybody yeah. but we'll say we'll say entrepreneurs business owners people who seem to be <laughs> doing well in their lives you know they got their own business and stuff luck is a little part of it but action is the main part they just they took the necessary steps they got through the planning and preparation and they actioned what they wanted to do and now they're doing it so now they're we'll say quote unquote successful so you can you can put that to anything but if you relapse, if you fall down, get back up, get back on it. 
that's yeah. a that's a long one now again it's quite quite deep no <laughs> no man it, it's actually very interesting you touched on a few bits that i suppose very, very much i suppose piqued a few questions in my mind now for for starters uh one of the things you mentioned was i suppose habit consistency and i suppose actually taking action so one of the things no matter what your goal is whether it's starting a podcast losing weight getting stronger like the steps you're going to have to take to get to that goal the starting point is a finishing point and one of the biggest factors come in or coming into that will be what you do every day and how that reflects the goals you have so one of the things I have been very interested in, I suppose, you know, reading books like High Performance Habits and, you know, stuff like that, The Power of Habit and the daily non-negotiables people have, I feel like those are some of the smallest things you can do to tra- change the trajectory of you getting to your goals and as well change the pace that you actually get there. So from your perspective, no matter what your goals are, do you have any daily non-negotiables that just make a day successful? that drive you towards your goals or the things you have to take off. Like even the example of the water where, you know, just drinking two and a half liters of water a day. If I do that, that's a successful day. That's ticked off my list. What about for you? Uh, shortest answer, coffee. <laughs> <laughs> coffee is my, one of my non-negotiables. No, I, I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. Like I, 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 cause I've, I've heard about the non-negotiable term quite a lot and I, I am I, like you can be for and against it as well like you know it, it doesn't have to be uh, as black and white as that yeah from for me to to go around about way of answering your question again like it is all orientated around your goal what you want to do and what you want to be or where you want to be in life um so the the, the habits that you that you do can be non-negotiable technically like one of my goals in like again like that 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 healthy I want to be want to want I want to be healthier this year <laughs> isn't isn't a fake goal it's one of my goals that I want to do as I said I'm 30 next year so I want to feel stronger be happier be better uh be more knowledgeable etc just be better all around uh going into 30 uh even more so than I was going into 29 so um one of my non-negotiables, you could call it, is is getting up earlier in the day. Um, now, sleep for me is a must, and I think that should that sleep, getting your seven and a half or seven to eight hours a night, should be a non-negotiable for everybody. But like I say, should because you should be efforting or putting effort into trying to get that. But things will come up. You have some people have small kids. Some people have things will just pop into their lives that that like take the non negotiable or take that non negotiable away. Um, and again, what I want to say to people is not to stress too much about it. Do your best to action your habits. Do your best to get in your eight, seven or eight hours a night. If you don't, it's not the end of the world. Try it again the following night. So I know that's a very roundabout way of, of discussing non negotiables, but um, I think it's important for people to definitely put in the effort of, do, of having them and, and trying them. But if something comes up, not to worry too much about it. Um, I think I think that answers your question. I, and no, ask me the question man. again. <laughs> no, it, it, it's actually, it, it's great because, you know, you, you'd have a variance of, of people coming on the show. And obviously you have people with huge, huge amounts of different goals. And the only thing I'd say is there's no right or wrong way to do things. Like 
between you and your goal, there's, there's a set of things you can do to get there, but it's not always the same as the next person. And like, what, what's funny is like, take the example of weight loss. You know, I, I know several people who would have cleared huge amount of weights in the, in the past few years. And, you know, they've brought themselves to really healthy spots where, you know, they're running marathons or whether they're just able to go to work every day and be happy. And, you know, those are varying goals and the pace they got there, the way they got there, the trainers, they sought out, you know, the, the food they ate, it all varies. But I suppose the key for me is just seeing what people do. I always find it interesting. You know, if, if, if someone is committed enough to a goal that they don't necessarily have to have daily non-negotiables, that's brilliant. I, I'm yeah. jealous. Like for me personally, what it comes down to is on a daily basis, I need to get out for a bit of fresh air. I need to do a little bit of reading. I need to record a podcast or, you know, engage my brain in some way if outside of work whether it's, you know, I've, I've been telling people a lot, I've started doing crossword puzzles. And to say that that makes me sound like the dullest fucker around would be an understatement. I'm loving it. I'm not going to like sitting down with my crossword, <laughs> engaging myself and keeping away from the phone. Like it's, it's fantastic. Would I recommend it as a hobby after lockdown? Probably not. But for, for the moment, it's good. But like these small things to keep myself, I suppose, tuned in with both my body, tuned in with my mind, and driving towards my goals, it, it's a massive part, especially at the moment when things are look just the way they are. But talk to me a little bit then. I, I know you put out some questions to your clients particularly, and someone came back and asked a little bit about staying motivated. And motivation is something I've been talking about on the podcast recently. I know me and one of my good friends, Brendan, would have had a good debate about it on the podcast last week. Um, from your perspective, what are the important parts of staying motivated? Or do you think staying motivated is necessarily important is it more important to just take action as such yeah motivation is always a really interesting topic that will will always come up uh, from old clients to new clients to friends to family whatever they'll always ask about motivation and I, I think that's because they'll see us like again as i said like i've been training since i'm 15 how the hell have i stayed training so long you best believe i haven't been motivated all those 15 years or whatever it is and um, so my answer to that question is, and again, to the person who is that, if they're listening, who asked this, um, I would say you shouldn't be relying on motivation because the, the things of like motivation, determination or inspiration, like those things are fleeting. They never hang around. We can't, we can't rely on, rely on them because of that. Motivation could last you a couple of minutes. For some people, it might, might last a couple of days. For some people, it could last a couple of months. You'd be super motivated. And, and sometimes having a goal can help us a little bit more with motivation and extend the duration of that motivation. You're like, I have a goal to hit. I must keep on going. I'm super motivated to achieve it. Fantastic. When you're motivated, use it. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It is a fantastic thing when it comes up. It can make you work bloody harder in the gym or whatever your, 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 your motivation is to learn a new skill, to play a new instrument, blah, 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 whatever, you know? So yeah, when motivation comes up, use it. But it is very important not to rely on it. And that goes back to our the conversation we had about habit formation. You do need to rely more on newfound habits, trying to get rid of habits that take you away from your goal as, as, as opposed to bringing you towards your goal. So habit formation, behavior change, the things that we talked about a while ago, those are the things that we rely on. If you, if you are developing a new habit or a new um, 
schedule, we'll call it a new process, whatever it may be. The more you do it, the easier it gets. The easier it gets, the more it's set in stone in your lifestyle. So if you're drinking more water over time, like again, I like to do it and in, in like do you know, do you know the, the seven day review of your habits. I know give yourself seven days of developing that habit. Uh, it mightn't be set in stone after seven days, but you can you'll have a good understanding of if that habit um, is is working towards your goal or is taking you away from towards your goal, uh, taking you away, away from your goal. Uh, and, and if it's easy to achieve, you know, if, if you're if, if you're flying it and there's no problems at all. Again, you won't have to rely on the motivation. It's easy. Just you just do it. Drinking more water is, is an easy thing to do sometimes. But um, you can easily stack on habits again to not rely on motivation and to achieve your newfound goal. So another thing that I have actioned this year along with sleep and drinking more water is now taking multivitamins. So I did my increase in water intake. Uh, and after seven, after seven days, I reviewed it and I said, right, this is going really, really well. X is happening. I'm getting in X amount of water. I am now feeling better. Thank God. Um, so I'm going to keep it going. I'm going to carry this on now to the next seven days. But what I'm now going to do as well is start taking a multivitamin. I'm going to do that every single day. I just take my vitamin D, my omega and my creatine and my coffee uh, every single morning along with my water. And that, again, is going to stack on top of my habit. Uh, it's going to be easy to achieve because I remember to take it. It's first thing in the morning. It's when I take my water. Um, and I don't have to rely on motivation. You don't need to be motivated to drink water. So habit formation is very, very important in not relying on motivation. Again, remember, it's a fleeting. When, you, when it's there, use it, but don't rely on it. Create habits. Uh, create goals. Use the habits to achieve those goals. And before you know it, it's part of your lifestyle. You're drinking more water. You're eating more fruit and veg. You're getting more sleep. You're, you're training more consistently. You don't need to rely on the motivation to train. It's just part of your lifestyle. You train twice a week, three times a week, four times a week, whatever that may be. It is just the new you, if that makes sense. Yeah, man. You know, with, with motivation, I, I think it's a powerful thing. And I, I think I've definitely relied on it many times in the past, but the one thing I'll always say when I'm going through a very motivated period is that usually what's going to come after that is a lull. And the way I see motivation a lot of the time is as temporary rocket fuel. You know, it's a fuel source that when it's there, use it. Use it as much as you can, get the most out of it, progress as much as you can. But if you have habits in place, they're your safety net. So when things drop off, when the mood for training isn't there, when the motivation isn't there, when you're having a shit week in work, maybe when you're sick of eating your healthy food or whatever it might be, when you have the daily habits in place, those are the things that are going to keep you going until the next period of motivation, until the next period of, you know, feeling a bit better about things or, you know, just to get you through that one or two days. Like when it comes down to especially training goals, and I suppose my, my area of experience would generally be around, I suppose, getting fitter, healthier, and I suppose generally weight loss. And the thing is your mood can impact that a lot. And people go through a lot of periods where it's great when the scale's going down or it's great when you're feeling a bit better and you're hitting your sessions and you're eating your healthy food. But when that drops off and when you're, you know, you're having a bad week in work and you didn't prep the dinner and suddenly a takeaway is very appealing and maybe you get that takeaway. It's at that point that if you're able to reset the next day and you have the habits in place where you're drinking your water, where you're eating your healthier food, when you're approaching things with thought and with 
without motivation even coming into it. I'm going to have those three meals tomorrow. I'm going to go for my walk tomorrow. I'm going to do my training session tomorrow. By having these daily habits in place, that's how you build yourself up for success. No one is perfect all the time. No one has good days all the time. But if you have good habits behind you, that's where you're going to hit a successful point, in my opinion. And I feel like that's what I would say to people. Now, one of the things I am curious about, because you you talked about, you know, your multivitamin, your water, your coffee, big coffee man myself. I've actually held off this morning. I'm going to I'm going to have it just before work, just so I peak at the right time when I'm on my sales calls. But for you, man, how's nutrition like how's your approach to nutrition? I should say, what sort of foods do you eat? What sort of I suppose what's your goal in terms of the way you eat? Talk to me a little bit about that. Uh, I was kind of hoping you wouldn't ask me this question <laughs> because and 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 there's there's many different reasons to that because I could tell you what I eat, I could tell you how much I eat, um, and it will do absolutely nothing for you because yeah. when it comes to nutrition, it is a hairy subject for a lot of people. It is a it can be a deep subject, a very hard subject to understand. Everybody will have their different situations. What works for me might not work for you. What I enjoy, you might not enjoy. Um, the amount of calories that I eat very likely won't suit the amount of calories that you eat. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But for me, I, like, I, I went, I've been through many different phases of nutrition, dieting, up and dieting, down, maintaining, eating lots of veg, eating barely no veg, um when I grew up I was a person that never ate healthy like I was very very sporty I'm, I'm naturally a very very lean small person um so like I grew up eating pizza and if I wasn't eating pizza or burgers and chips I wasn't a bit happy I had to be forced to eat veg and it was it was very interesting growing like I, I can't even remember the age I think it was probably around 15 16 17 that kind of area I just decided one day right there's something wrong here. <laughs> I, I, I don't even remember if I was feeling bad. I just knew in my head that I had to start eating more veg. And it was like I switched the light switch on. I just started eating more veg. Didn't like it one bit. Um, but I just, it's almost like an acquired taste. You learn to enjoy it. You learn to incorporate it. It is now a habit of mine. You know, I've developed yeah. a habit over years of eating more veg. But when, like, when it comes to nutrition, context is the biggest thing again and like it's like someone asked me this morning last night very very late I was in bed and they said my friend um is x weight uh she's the same height as me same age she's trying to lose weight what do I do and it's like how do I answer that question you know without meeting the person without finding out what that person is about finding out the person's history finding out what their habits, their current habits are, finding out, do, like, does the person eat veg? Does the person drink water? How much sleep does that person get? How much um, stress is that person under? Like, what's their daily life? How is work? How is relationships? Um, I, I don't know if I said it, but how is their exercise? Or do they exercise at all? Maybe they don't. Yeah. So, you like, I could give you tips and it's, it's a simple tips, like it, new, like weight loss in essence is a simple thing, but at the same time, it's an extremely complex issue for people. 
calories in, calories out, eat more veg, drink more water, move more, uh, eat less, you know. But when it comes to people, again, you're talking about behavior change, you're talking about habit formation, you're talking about um, completely changing the person's life, hopefully for the better. And again, that's why I kind of like, I was hoping this answer didn't, or question didn't come up because I don't know how to answer it straight. Like I can yeah. tell you what I eat, but it does nothing for you. It does nothing for the person listening. Um, what I would say is, again, make small goals. Um, weigh yourself, don't weigh yourself. Take pictures, don't take pictures. Whatever you want, it doesn't matter. And like, and it's funny because the, the way I answered the question this morning is I just gave a small few tips. You know, start small, drink more water, eat more veg, move more, try and get her into walking three times a week, whatever. You know, the simple stuff, because the simple yep. stuff works. But the the first thing I said to her was get a coach, you know, get a coach. If you're undecided, guys, and if you're out there listening to this and you're and you're struggling with your weight or even if you're not into weight loss and you're maybe you're looking to gain weight, maybe you're looking to maintain, maybe you're just looking to feel better, like getting a coach is and like if the coaches weigh, if the coaches worth their weight in gold, if they're worth the price, like it's worth every single penny. Take out the uncertainty, take out the decision making, um, take out the guessing game of what do I do? The coach is there to guide you, to help you. Um, and if you've got a friend that is looking for help, direct them towards a coach. I, and I like sometimes people can't afford it but most of the time you can and i bet you can you know and you'd like you could you could easily go down the route of like how much money are you spending on takeaways how much money are you spending on food shops and bars and this and that the other how much are you spending on netflix or spotify or amazon or how much are you spending on your clothes a week like i bet you if you start stripping those things back you can afford a coach it might only be for a small time maybe it's a month maybe it's a week maybe it's for life Everybody has their own different circumstances, but the biggest thing I can get uh, say to you, if you are out there listening and, and you want some help, is get a coach. It's the easiest thing, you know. Yeah, I man. I suppose you, you'd be right there in saying that that you know the calories and you know particularly the way you eat, it might not necessarily be applicable to everyone. And I feel like everyone has their own approach. But the reason I ask more along the lines of generally is it's it's along the lines of habit formation and in terms of preparation. So you don't have to talk to me about the specifics of calories or even not necessarily the foods, but in terms of how you approach your food preparation, your meal prep, whatever you want to call it. Are you someone who preps their meals in advance or are you, I'm going to decide what I'm going to eat and I'm just going to cook that there and then talk to me about that side. E, again uh, it would have been phasic I would have been through phases of doing that and it and it depended on my lifestyle and my schedule at the time um yeah. I before I was a coach um, or before I had my current job even I worked a, um, a job where I had demanded longer hours longer travel time so food preparation became a very very important part of my lifestyle um I, you know, I used to, I used to cook my meal, like two or three meals at a time. And I used to have them for my work. And, uh, at the time I would have been living at home. So I didn't have to cook. I did, well, my mother cooked my, my dinners, but I just had to look after breakfast, uh, lunch and snacks. So that was my meal prep. So I do two or three days at a time, but for now, um, I do, uh, like I try <laughs> my fiance, Sarah has other means, uh, but I try to do one 
shop a week. I do my one big bulk shop. I'll freeze foods if I need to. Um, and I am in a privileged position now where I can semi cook on the fly. You know, I'll, I'll do my coaching and my office work in the morning. I have a midday, uh, we'll call it a break where I can do cooking and, and meal prep if I need to. Um, but I, I, I generally cook on, on, on the fly, on the go. And, and I, the reason I brought up Sarah is because sometimes she wanted to drag me to the shops and I, <laughs> I don't like going to the shops. So I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm doing my one a week. Let me only do my one a week. I don't want to go to tons. I don't want to go back to Aldi's again. I, I, for me, I'm like, I'm such a simple, easily pleased plain Jane. The, the simpler, the better. If, if a meal takes more than 30 minutes to cook, I don't want to cook it. So, and I, like, I could have two fry, two fry ups a week. I could have uh, um, what you call bolognese once or twice a week. I could have my uh, chicken and spuds and, and potatoes once or twice a week. Um, it's very, I, I put very little effort into cooking my food because it's easier for me. Um, and I, geez, I love food. And, and, and I get my takeaway. We try and do a takeaway once a week. Sometimes it's twice a week. Do you know what harm? But we try and keep it to once a week if we can. Um, yeah, so like... To answer your question and go back to it and not not uh, waffle on too much, it's it's phasic and it, like in terms of food preparation, for me I used to do it quite a bit. I don't need to do it at the moment because I've got a little bit more free time. I can cook on the fly. I I eat what I want when I want. I just don't eat how much I want. I am not looking to gain weight at the moment. I am not looking to lose weight at the moment. I am happy with my current weight. I do my training to help, I suppose, body recomposition and whatnot. But I just make sure that I am getting a decent amount of protein intake. I'm getting my water. I'm getting my fruit and veg every day. I try to have diversity in my diet when I can. As I said, I'm a bit of a plain Jane, so sticking to the same foods for me is easier um, but diversity in the diet is very important. Um, but yeah, what was I saying? Uh, yeah, like, and this, if you're a coach and, and or if you're a person listening, your coach should be giving you unconditional permission to eat whatever you want. And that's very important to understand. You should be able to eat whatever food you want. The thing is... <clears throat> You don't have unconditional permission to eat how much you want. And, and, and that kind of goes for people who are trying to lose weight. It doesn't matter the foods that you're eating. It doesn't matter the diet that you're on, whether you're doing Weight Watchers, whether you're doing uh, keto, whether you're doing, I don't know, nonsense alkaline or acidic diets, whatever that may be, every diet will work. The thing is consistency, staying with it. If you're in a, uh, if you're trying to, try to lose weight, calorie deficit is the main driver of that. Um, so make your own structure is what I'm saying. If you want a food prep, food prep. If you don't want a food prep, don't food prep. But you have to stay consistent on the diet that you're on. That's another roundabout way of answering the question. So hopefully maybe. I no, hope brilliant. I it, uh, it is one of the things where like it's not one size fits all. And it, it's just always interesting to see how other people approach it. Like someone like you who is plain Jane and can repeat the same meal once or twice a week that's my nightmare. Like I, I literally, I, I repeat the same six meals and then one takeaway <laughs> every week, but it's, yeah. it has to be something different. I, I do my carbonara. I do my tacos. I do my roast. These, these small little things. I'm probably, I'm getting to the stage where 
I'm embarrassed enough to say like like when I when I was a kid, my parents used probably do the same dinners. Like, you know, on a Tuesday, we'd have this dinner. On a Wednesday, we'd have this dinner. It wouldn't be set in stone, but they generally go by that habit. And I used to kick off. You say, no, I don't want that. I want something different. And now I'm, I'm the dull fucker who literally is like, okay, I'm going to have carbonara on that day. And I tend to do it every week. I'm going to have my roast on a Sunday, no matter what. I'm gone pretty dull. But at the same time, I need that variety. And the one thing I'd say to people is, you know, when you're approaching your food, Instagram and stuff like that, they can really make you think you need to eat a certain way. You need to eat certain foods. And the reason I always ask guests kind of the way they eat and what they eat is because people are going to realize when they're listening to the podcast, everyone eats a little bit different. Everyone's got their own little goals. And it's not about the the speed foods or the super important, you know, this is healthier than that. It's really about consistency, eating towards your goals and also approaching things in a balanced way that you're able to consistently do. Because if you're starving yourself or if you're overeating, you're not going to get to the goals you want to, you want to get to. And that's just the, the God honest truth. I mean, to those people who are trying to gain weight and they're in a calorie surplus, I applaud you and I'm massively jealous. I'm not sure I'll ever be in that stage, but look, good for you. Uh, dude, uh, I, I unfortunately am going to have to leave it there because I, I have work in a few minutes, but um, where can people find you if they want to follow up after this podcast? Um, thank you very much for having me on again, my man. It has been a pleasure. And I, I think we've only scratched the surface on what has been a fantastic conversation. So I, I would love to be back on down the line in the near future, if possible. Um, if, yeah, if people want to reach me, like maybe my Instagram, Phil underscore beyond strength and fitness is a good one to do. Um, you can, uh, do you know what? Go through EMF lifting and laughing in Balerni. I will definitely find you if you go through that. Uh, whether you're just looking for some advice or if you want to start training with us, if you just want to look for information, if you even just want to have a conversation with me, like reach out, maybe go through the, the Fat Man Talking podcast and he can send you, <laughs> he can send you my way. Um, but EMF you. lifting and laughing, you do, yeah. <laughs> EMF.ie, uh, info at EMF.ie uh, for an email uh, or my own Instagram, Phil underscore Beyonce. The fitness is a good place to catch me as well. Awesome, dude. Thanks so much. And everyone, look, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. As always, it's greatly appreciated if you share this out. It makes a massive difference to the podcast. And look, thank you for your time. Thank you.